That's right, they're playing video games for money. And I'm definitely not going to let uh, mass effects in my house. The level of violence on video games. It might be hazardous to physical and mental health. Pokemon World is a world of the demonic. Then there's the argument that video games can be art. They're a world phenomenon. Welcome back to Hit Point Pals, where we nerd out about video games and the culture of play. I'm your host, Travis Lean. Gathered around the mics today, we have Will Suit. Hey. And we also have Caleb Warwick back from the dead. I'm back, baby. <laughs> where has Caleb been? Uh, you know, just around. Now, I've been unbelievably busy with school and just never catch a break, you know? Homework's just always creeping around the corner and I'm like, Dude, I have a podcast with my friends. Caleb Let has been doing this thing it. where he tells me that he's going to get his homework done and then play a game with me, and then he doesn't text me again until like 9 p.m. that night. Okay, to be fair, on Sunday, I was like, all right, I'm going to get this done in two hours. It took me 12 hours <laughs> to finish this computer science project. It took me 12. I thought it was going to take two. And yeah, that sucked. So that's kind of where I'm at with school, like and my busyness and stuff so i'm glad i actually have free time tonight for like the first time in a long time it's good to be back guys so a funny story i've been tr- i've been like actively trying to play games for less hours so that i have time to like work on some creative stuff but that didn't really work for me this week cuz i played so much death stranding and i just really loved it yeah, I know Caleb has played Death Stranding. I know Will is is ready for the uh, for the PC release. Yes, Will is ready for the PC release, and he doesn't want us to spoil the game for him. Um, this is the only game I've played this week, and I want to talk about it. And I believe that I can give some impressions without spoiling the game for Will. Please so that's what us. I'm that's what I'm gonna do my best to do. Um, I I'm not gonna talk about any of the story or anything. I'm going to have to talk about like mechanics in a vague sense, but what I've really loved about this game is the social aspect and the feedback I've been getting. There's something like I've always enjoyed that element of, of games in uh, games like Dark Souls where you can help other people out. Uh, there was a game I talked about several episodes back, um, kind of an experimental game, Kind Words, in which you just sort of write affirming letters to people who are dealing with issues. So that's kind of a, like the the concept of like positive social interactions being baked into like online components of video games, something I've been pretty interested in, in lately. And this game is really neat because a, a, a large portion of the game, or at least like a, the portion that seems to matter to me the most is that aspect which is funny because I thought all this time Kojima was like trying to build up this social aspect, the whole like the the meme that that was born out of hey, it's it's a new genre, it's a strand game. At this point, I'm kind of on board with that actually. Like I don't know that I'd go so far as to say it's a new genre, but there's enough like there's enough distinction from other genres that I have a hard time like fitting this into one particular genre. I can name a lot of other genres that this is pulling from. Um, but I think if you want to go out of your way to say that, like, this is a new genre, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't know Mm -hmm. what you thought, Caleb. No, I, I don't know. I had no expectations going into this game and well, how do you feel about the online aspect? I really enjoy it. 
Um, there's a lot that I still don't understand about it. Okay. Like, I don't, this is not necessarily, a, this is not a spoiler at all. I'm, so, I'm further into the game than you, so I might have yeah. seen some more of the online stuff than you have. But, like, I quote-unquote leveled up, and it, I could like more things from other people yeah. for me. So yeah. I was just like, what the hell? But, but the thing is, I think it's all sort of like Kojima's commentary on the social media capital. No, it 100% is. It, but it's in a I, way where, like, I, I, I don't care. Like, I still like to go around and like things, even no, though yeah, it doesn't actually do anything. That's what he encourages, I think, in the game. That's what, like, is encouraged in general. It's like, just go out of your way and like, people, I, I, like other see, I can't tell if it's done. I can't tell if it's done facetiously or not, or if it's, like, semi-facetiously. Probably more along the lines of semi, though, to be fair. But I know he's touched up on, like, social media commentary in along the lines of Metal Gear Solid 2 and it just seems like nowadays in social media that's it's become what he seems like nowadays is like his his nightmare of what social media mm-hmm. was coming to be so he's like we need to be connected you know that connected America uh, strand uh, there's so, yeah there's some interesting lines of dialogue that I feel like are a, a, a direct response to the current state of politics in the united states well yeah in in a way that i I think he even is a little bit over the top and goofy (laughs) no yeah um it's a it's a hideo kojima game so it's there's like what isn't over to the top but will i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my like condensed couple uh sentences review of this game and i just want to know if it's what you expected me to think of this game or not uh okay i love the gameplay i love the gameplay loop and I love all of the mechanics in this game. I think it's really satisfying to complete tasks in a way that I haven't really felt since Stardew Valley. I think the story is dog shit and I hate it. <laughs> I am not enjoying the story at all and I don't care because the gameplay is just so satisfying that I, I can look past the like egregiously terrible corny story and I just really love this game. All right. Cool. Sounds, sounds like most Kojima games. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Thoughts That's... from Caleb? Agree? Disagree? Well, I'm going to hold off on saying anything about the story. <laughs> okay. But because, like, I'm only in chapter three and it, there's like, I don't know, I like, I just 15 got to chapters chapter or something. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be different. Maybe it will explain things a little bit better. Maybe it will do stuff. But, you know, from playing all the Metal, Metal Gear games and stuff, it seems interesting. It seems to have a similar, like, kind of intro, how, like, Metal Gear games have been in the past, where it's just, like, really confusing at the start, but it starts yeah, to unfold the game sense. is the game is front-loaded with cutscenes. Yeah. And then after several hours, I felt like I was playing a game. <laughs> but for the yeah. first couple hours, I was like, I might hate this game. There's too many cutscenes. But I'm, I'm really intrigued. Like, my, I think... I'm not saying anything about the game anymore, but just um, I love this game because it feels extremely refreshing. Like, I just like the quirky little aspects of the game that he's added into it and just like just this bizarre, like original story that like is just like, obviously it doesn't make sense right now, but I just like the concept of it in general and the art and everything about it. And it's just, I I love it and I've been having a lot of fun with it and I'm excited to, I'm really excited to play more of it. Yeah, 
I don't. I I don't know if I'm gonna put it down until I beat it. Yeah, Although same. I, I do. There well, are a few games I wanna. I I wanna get back to. I need to finish the Outer Worlds. Oh, um, me too. <laughs> I do want to play some Red Dead Two, but I think I'm gonna try to like semi shelve that until I'm done with Death Stranding, and then mm-hmm. uh, Jedi Fallen Order comes out next week. And I think I think with Death Stranding, you should play it all the way through and then start Red Dead Two story. And uh, with Will, have you played the Outer Worlds yet? No, I have not. I love that game too. I I beat the first planet. Think. Oh, you're not very far at all. No, but I like I love it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I, really like, well done. It's like oh man, they they made a better Fallout game than Bethesda ever could. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say about that too. Tell us what you've so been, many games been playing, out. Caleb. What have you been playing? I feel like I talk so goddamn much. Um I've been playing obviously Death Stranding. Uh that's the other game that I was playing that I've like totally forgot that i was playing i don't know but why. you've written something um, here in the document it says caleb hold Luigi's on Mansion. one sec I, I don't know what you're talking about i was playing outer worlds for a little bit great game i still gotta beat it but cream of the crop right here uh luigi's mansion three i've been having so much fun with that game i don't know why it's so addicting but like I've never seen a Switch game graphically look so good and it's really weird and it's really surreal seeing like a Mario IP just like look and with like cutscenes and everything just like look really good like the what lighting part, is does Luigi have like realistic cloth simulation or something it's crazy like so when you go into a room you can like do this weird vacuum thing and it will just like shake everything in the room. So like papers will go flying and things will just like fall out with like realistic physics. It's really weird because like it looks really good. And I was just like, what the hell is this? This is like, like I said, it looked like really surreal, like playing like a Mario IP this and is, having this these is an like, aside. scenes. This is an aside, but if you like papers flying, you should play Control. Anyway, oh, yeah. continue I, I to, definitely, talk, to tell us about Luigi's Mansion. So, I just want to like tell you guys about the first cutscene because I think Please. it's really funny. So, the, the first game, uh, he gets... like This is just from the GameCube version. The first game, he gets a fake... like um, Basically, like, hey, you just want a mansion. Come claim it kind of thing. So, he's like, okay, I'm going to go get it and then bring my brother with me. And it turns out the mansion's haunted. Mm-hmm. Um... Second game I actually haven't played because it was a 3DS exclusive for some reason. But the third game, basically, <laughs> you won an all-expense-paid vacation to a hotel. And so he brings all of his Mario friends with him. So Luigi gets bamboozled three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. He's like, hmm, holy shit. I just got, I just got an all-expense-paid vacation to a random luxurious hotel. It's not suspicious at all. Come on, gang, let's go. Wait, I have a technical and, question. Do these characters yeah. talk? They they don't have dialogue, but they say words. Because my memory of, <laughs> of Mario games is that like people say things like Mario, but they don't yeah, really yeah, like have real exactly, conversations. That's exactly what happened. It's really okay. weird because they say like words in English, but they're just like three words. So Mario would be like, like, let's go. But they have like text boxes to 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 button through, right? 
in the first cutscene they didn't at all, which was really weird. Like everyone was just like saying like one word. Like Mario went up to this like ghost dog that was Luigi's from the first game that he kept, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, doggy." <laughs> okay. <laughs> just I was like, "What?" But there is text boxes later on in the game for things that actually make sense. And so you have this like professor guy that was in the first game that gave you the the poltergust. That's what your vacuum is called. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just happened to be captured and taken there before you showed up. So it let out all the ghosts from the previous game into the hotel, including King Boo. And so uh, you have to capture all the characters outside of these paintings that they're trapped in. It's really fun. I love it. You can play with eight characters. Or the the multiplayer has eight player co-op. Oh, okay. And I can was you like, play through what? the whole game in co-op? Uh I think well, I mean, I think it's just multiplayer, like probably like mini games with like ghosts, but you oh, can okay. play through the whole game in co-op with uh two people. One place is Gooigi, which is a gooified version of Luigi. Uh oh. That can go through like bars and it makes a really gross sound when he slips through. Oh no! <laughs> I was laughing so hard because like this sounds disgusting, but oh man, I 100% recommend Luigi's Mansion if you have a Switch. They should have a, that game. a Switch peripheral that secretes goo, and you can like plug <laughs> no. it into your Switch, and then when you become Gooigi, it can secrete goo on your hands. <laughs> the Oculus Sniff or whatever, like what? the smell you, version of are that. Are you referring to a real thing? I don't know. I, I I remember there was this like joke thing that was actually made where you could smell the game you're playing. And it was like I think they tested it on South Park, the stick of truth. Okay. Like that's the worst version of that you could think of, but I mean probably the best way to test it. But anyways, please play Luigi's Mansion. It's really good and I do not regret my purchase whatsoever. Cool. But yeah. I want to hear about what Will's been playing. Please tell us. The Council. Oh, hell yeah. I've been playing uh, a game called The Council. I've been spoiling everyone's games. I've just been telling the podcast what you guys have been playing. Yes, I've been playing The Council. It is an episodic... uh, It's got like five episodes. It's an episodic period mystery game set in like 1790. Um, What kind of game is this? It's like... A Telltale game, but oh. people thought those games that but people thought Telltale games didn't have enough gameplay, so they added oh. what they call gameplay. But I, I feel like about they now. shouldn't have added this stuff because I think it, it's getting in the way of like the good parts of the game. Can mm. you before you talk about the game? Can you explain one aspect of it to me? Because you, I, I watched you play a little bit of the council. Uh, I, I can try. Why are the people so hideous? See, here's a break. I think they look fantastic, as in, like, I love the style. Well, but George Washington is genuinely frightening looking. Uh, yeah, but I guess, I don't know, I I think most people kind of look a little fucked up, but And that, like, that, like, French guy who seems to be in charge, he's, like, he's, like, nightmare fuel. Oh, yeah, I guess there's some, like, grotesqueness there, but I think more or less it's just the style. Okay. I think, I I, kind of get what you're getting at. Um, but I think a lot of that has to do more with animation and garish lighting. Okay. Because, yeah, even the characters who were supposed to look good, I think, look a bit grotesque. But on the whole, I, I, I like the way they look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm uh, I've just started, I believe, the fourth episode of the game. Um, and it is taking a turn in a very weird direction, and I am liking the game less and less. Oh, okay. So this how is does game- it take a turn? Um, so first episode, you have to adjust to like kind of janky controls. Everybody looks a bit weird or fucked up if you're Travis, which is fair. Um, some of the voice acting, <laughs> the voice acting in the game across the board, um, is fantastic, except for the last centimeter of the board, which is occupied by the main character. Aww. His voice acting is like the worst in the game. And it's, it's grown on me, but I think that's just Stockholm syndrome of being stuck in this game with oh, this guy. God. Um, but it starts out, you're invited to an island. Your mother has gone missing. That's oh, it's all Luigi's you know. Mansion. Uh, yes, it's it, yeah, it's a uh, 1700s <laughs> Luigi's Mansion. You go to a mansion. Do you get to play as a goo version of George Washington. Uh, that hey, his face could be goo version of it uh, in its own right. But you you go to this island. Your mother's missing, and you've been invited out there. And you're kind of a fish out of water in this weird sort of like high society gathering of like world elites. But like you're you're not a world elite. You're just like looking for your mom. Mm. And you go there and you're just trying to figure out what's going on. You kind of meet all these characters like George Washington, Napoleon Bonaparte, a bunch of other people. And there's a mysterious guy who I guess is, he he owns the manor in this island where this big meeting is going on. And you don't really know what the meeting's about. You, you're just trying to meet with this guy and ask about like why your mom went missing, even though she's kind of been possibly sighted. And a lot of things happen. Some events, some characters you get introduced to. It's all very like. I had a very hard time figuring out what was going on, and I thought, okay, well, that's good, because it's, you know, the first episode of, like, a five-part mystery, some sort of adventure game. Uh, so I loved the first episode. The second episode, really good as well. Third episode gets, I don't know, starts having some odd elements to it, and I think some things don't work quite very well, but on the whole, I liked it. But what are the elements? Um... There are small details like maybe there's somebody who has lived forever and things of the occult. Okay, that's cool. Um, well, yeah, which is cool. Um, the fourth episode uh, begins right where the third ends. Um, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, which makes sense for all the episodes. But it, it like the third ends, you meet this one character and they start. And it's like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then, of course, that's a cliffhanger. You start the next episode because these were released uh, episodically. And this character starts f- dumping so much shit uh, onto you. Like, the game has been, like, ticking towards, like, ooh, there's some occult stuff going on, which I guess makes sense because people were into that, and even today still are. But then in this, like, five-minute conversation, the game takes a huge turn into, like, we need to get the Spear of Longinus. That's the only way to defeat the demon. Wait. Don't you understand? Wait, the literal spear of Longinus? I'm not joking. At all. All right. Wait, uh, hold on. This is Um, great. Episode episode two ends with a character appearing, and then episode three begins with them saying, oh my god, we need to get the fucking spear of Longinus. It's some shit like that. I I can't (laughs) keep track of all these episodes. But whatever, you get the point. There's a point where... Something happens and some dialogue comes out and and then the game just goes on a weird path. It's it's weird and it's like I like the occult, but I think they went way too fast and way too hard into it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff they had been building up right now has suddenly taken like a very far back seat to like the rantings about a demon and some other stuff that I don't know. It's weird. That's and, very interesting. Yeah. And the whole game is about like, oh, choice. And you can kind of choose what to do and all oh, your different approaches. And oh, wow. And yeah. So my my description of the episodes earlier, disregard that. I cannot quite recall when they begin and end. But this the section of the game I'm at, it, it seems like your choices don't matter as much. Like, I feel like you have to get into this one weird p- point in the game. And it's just a little odd. I don't know. I'm. I'm liking this game a little less and less as I go on. I think it started out rough but fantastic, and it's getting uh, worse. All right. Oh, that's unfortunate. So don't yeah. uh, don't hit the occult too hard, I guess. Right? Yeah, don't too don't fast. hit that occult. About to hit uh, that occult, you know what I quick, mean? Quick quick question for opinions. I'm just curious. What do you who has a who has thoughts on games being released episodically? Like good, bad? Nah. No, good. You don't like it. It it depends, really. If it's like a Telltale game or like similar to like those, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't know. It just feels like weird. Like if I get like a chunk of the game, then I have to wait. You know, a while. That's just preference, though. Like I want to play the full game rather than you know have to wait, play like fifty percent or like a a fraction of the game. Wait a couple weeks, play another part. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like saving time and stuff, I guess that's that can be seen as a positive. Like also me, a college student. I, I, I tend to like it because I like games that are really short. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I like games that are really long, too. And I like being able to play a mix of them. So I like when things kind of contain themselves to 90 minute or two hour episodes and then they come back maybe a, a month or a couple months later. Mm-hmm. Um kind of stuff to look forward to like watching a tv show i think one game that has kind of goofed it up is life is strange 2 which like made their release windows way too far apart (laughs) to the point where i forget the game even exists between episodes but um i'm not sure why that happened (laughs) i'd be curious uh if anyone were to look into that but um but yeah like the telltale games and like the original life is strange those sort of games all had like uh release periods that were paced reasonably uh but yeah will do you have any thoughts uh yeah i mean yeah yeah like with yeah yeah, it depends on like the type of game i mean there's only really one type of game that kind of gets released episodically it seems kind of Mm -hmm. like these very narrative heavy things like you couldn't I, i i don't see how you could do it with like an open world game or anything like that Yeah, that doesn't make any sense but with like what were you saying? I was gonna say, but then there's like Hitman though that did that Hitman but, Two, I think. but but Hitman Hitman is episode Hitman Two has episodes in quotes. It's DLCs or episodes, but the base game was released all at one. But with Hitman, oh no, then it was Hitman One. Yeah, that Hitman. Did that, but, actually. but with Hitman One, and I've played that. Each episode is a level. The game isn't really open world. It's like open level. And you, and you're kind of supposed to keep replaying them over and over again because Hitman's like a puzzle game. But mm. I mean, like you couldn't do like I, I don't think you could do a Skyrim as like an episodic game. No, yeah, that's that's immediately what I thought too. Like, imagine like playing an RPG and you get to this like really like 
intense part and it's like find out in two months or something like that you yeah know? and with these like narrative heavy games like with the counselor like a lot of the telltale stuff i think episodic works i really like it for that because you kind of finish an act and there's like mm-hmm. an ending to it that kind of teases what's going to come next and you're kind of given some time to think and be i don't know excited for the next episode if it's a good game not that you can't do that in non-episodic games, but I, I kind of like that release and then a break and then another release. The first instance I think of um, in negatively in terms of like an episodic type thing is like Metal Gear Solid Five um, Ground Zeroes. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when that game first came out, I paid full price, 40 bucks for it. Um, and then I beat the main story, which was less than an hour. Yeah, it's and like 40 it was minutes. just like find out next time in the Phantom Pain, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" So Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes is a one hour prologue to Metal Gear Solid Five that cost forty dollars. Yep, that, and when it initially one hundred percent, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. That's just and Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes is a sixty dollar game, but has hundreds of hours of content. I genuine, I'm confused as to why Ground Zeroes was not part of Phantom Pain. It was probably more than likely a business decision by Konami. I'm, I'm guessing so, especially that forty dollars price tag. And yeah, I, like yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like I had fun playing it. But I also picked it up for like five bucks. Yeah, I, I was I made the mistake of purchasing it when it first came out for forty dollars. On but the I Xbox mean, One. like, I mean, you can't like. It came out and it was Metal Gear Solid. You know, grounds. It was like, oh, it's a Metal Gear thing, and then you get it, and it's like. A really expensive demo disc. Um, I feel like that's really like bad in in terms of like when it first came out. It was like bad because like everyone was like super hyped about new Metal Gear Solid coming out, right? And um, you get this and it's like forty dollars. Is that it was like a weird, almost a full price game? Yeah, it, it was, was a weird release because it kind of like put a damper on like what Metal Gear heist. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine if you were it, it was, if you felt like you were like robbed of forty dollars, you would be less likely to be excited about yeah, the, the game. Like, all the discussion about Metal Gear Solid Five was like, oh my god, what's this? Gonna, oh, this is so I'm so excited. Ground Zeroes comes out, everyone's curious about it. A lot of people pick it up, and then just the internet is just covered with like, did I just spend forty bucks for like an hour in a game? And it's like, yep, exactly. you did. And then the conversation. I mean, people were still excited for Metal Gear Solid Five, and that game still did well. Yeah. But that whole Ground Zeroes mm-hmm. thing was just like. It was just an awful like thing. And in terms of like episodic, I could see like if if games became episodic, like situations like that would happen where, you know, companies would be like, oh, we, if we just like release these windows, we could increase the price of each episode. And, but see, I think like, the, the, the difference w- yeah. with like a game properly released episodic is it would be you purchase Metal Gear Solid 5 and then you get these episodes rather than. Here's something called Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. It's forty bucks, and then later you go yeah, and get exactly. five from this other thing, and it's like, oh god. Well, that's what I'm saying though. It's like if if people like continue to do something like that, and then it can start to create like these like instances where stuff like where I said would be tested to see if it would work, and then if it does, then you have all this weird stuff happening. But I mean, the way that Telltale games, well, I mean. Does Telltale exist still? Did it get by, by, bought out by somebody? Uh, Telltale like Skybound or became something, right? Skybound, basically. Okay. So, like, with games like those, and with games that are, like, very story-driven, like, essentially just a movie that you choose 
what happens, right? It makes a lot of sense, like you guys are saying. And then in terms of like a game like Hitman too, um, and how they laid that out, that's fine. But like, if it became something like along the lines of Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes and then the Phantom Pain, that's where it's like, ooh, like, I don't know if I like that. You know what I mean? But I mean, Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain was still, uh, I I loved it and it was still a great game, but it was just like weird. Just like that was just a really weird instance. I'm not sure if we'll see that, but hopefully not. Anyways, Kentucky uh, Route Zero came yeah. out January 2013. The fifth episode has yet to be released. Oh Jesus! And it's still considered one of the best games of the decade by a lot of people. Dang. Another here. Oh, yeah. Another. What another if, oh, sorry. What? I was gonna say, like, yeah. What if that happens? Like, say, like this game that has releasing episodically does very poorly. So the company is like, all right, just abandon it. You just never get an ending. Like, say you really like it, but it just does really poorly business wise. Like, and they just stop supporting it after before like the release of a certain episode or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, imagine just like this game is amazing. Find out next time. It never gets released. <laughs> like, oh man, I would be so sad. But sorry, continue, Travis. Um. Well, you guys were talking about uh, Ground Zeroes, and I was I was just remembering um a the, the studio East Shade released a game called Leaving Lindo for like four dollars in lieu of a Kickstarter for their big project. Which I thought was a like an interesting and good decision on their part. Um, I still think leaving Lindo is is worth buying. It's super short and it's four dollars. And the point was like to give people a window into their development process and to fund their larger project, which was uh, East Shade, which came out earlier this year. Um, so not a forty dollar game, <laughs> a good game, and sort of a prequel to what their real game was, I guess. I uh, haven't really real seen game? anyone. Uh, East Shade. It's the game. It's the open world sort of uh, combatless pacifist RPG where you uh, paint. It's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a screenshot simulator or like a photo mode simulator where you where you wander this world and you collect uh, inspiration from doing side quests and you paint things in the world. Sounds very interesting. Is it like Epic Mickey by any chance? What? I'm just kidding. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, Epic Mickey was like this like really weird game that I just had a he just like paints. That's oh. <laughs> that's the only correlation. So there's okay. just a stupid phrase I said. Well, I guess in that case maybe it is like War Inspector. Whoa. Oh, wow. Uh speaking of our tours, I brought up a I, I brought an activity for us to do on this episode. Uh <gasps> if you guys could all pull up please the Kojima name generator. That, oh, uh, you spoiled it. What? What? <laughs> I can't believe you, Travis. What was I? How was I you supposed sh- to introduce <gasps> this? I was waiting for Kojima Name Generator on PC next year, and you. Really oh, I'm sorry. It. I can't. Kojima believe Name you. Generator 2020. Uh, That's no, the this actual is. Things we're going. Uh, th- I saw this going around Twitter uh, this week with the release of Death Stranding. It was just a fun thing that some people at the website Polygon put out. Um, I think we should go through and figure out what our Kojima names are. And I was skimming through this. Uh, it's a very lengthy sheet. Uh, I believe you can start. I believe you can skip a lot of the opening and start at section four, just in the interest of time. And then when it requires you to go back, it's kind of like a Mad Libs. Like when it requires you to go back and pull something, 
obviously, I guess you'd have to go back and fill that out. But um, does everyone does everyone have either? I I went into my uh, I went into a box to pull out a bag of uh, D and D die. Uh, if you guys don't have D and D die on you, I believe uh, Will oh, I you found something on the internet. You if you just go on Google and type dice roller, you get okay. one with customizable. You can just click. It goes. It it's got a four, six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty, and I think that's all we really need. Okay, cool. You need so, six. Run one through six. Yeah. There's seven dice, right? In your bag? Like what? Wait, what are you asking? Oh, just like on your online thing. Oh, uh. All right, yeah, where do we start? They're, 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 we can start now. Like we can all kind of six. do this at the same okay. time and talk through <laughs> yeah. it. So it, the first one is you have to determine your name conditions, and you start by determining whether or not you have the man condition. So I'm gonna roll a d4. I have. Wait, the man condition? Wait, where's that? The first oh, so, one, right? So yeah, start so, on section four, yeah, and then when it asks four, later on, like, oh, five. for this part, you will need your answer from section three to A. Then it's like, oh, you can go back and fill that one part in, rather than doing the whole sheet. I'm just oh, going through the condition gotcha. section until I get a condition. So let, let us know when you guys get a condition. I did not get the man condition. Uh, I did get the man condition. Cool. I did oh, not wait. get the condition condition. I did not either. No, you you have the man condition. You're fine. You can continue. Oh, yeah, that's right. I go to... Oh, you're starting on section four. Gotcha. I thought, I, I thought you were doing um, part four of the first one. I didn't realize how long this was. Section, three. Part three is the clone condition. Roll a d12. Wait, hang on. When you said you don't have the condition, who are you talking to? I'm just talking to myself. Oh, okay. And you guys, and the podcast. I was actually so on on the on section one of the number four. It says write an embarrassing like story, or write an embarrassing event that happened in your childhood. And are you sure you're on the right page? Yeah, it was. It was no, no. I um not in section four. I was oh, doing I section one of four on accident, but so that. I just want to tell you guys this <laughs> the memory I put down. So um I was in second grade and I was writing a book report um on black in Black History Month. Um, you know, which is cool and all. So I they like put out a pile of books about like African American um civil rights leaders cool. to write about potentially. So <laughs> I just grabbed a random book in it and started writing a book report. Uh, I ended up doing that book report on Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> oh. oh, Will, I goofed. You can have multiple conditions. Yeah, I was about to say, because I, I was like, oh, I just went ahead and did the, the others. I was like, I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I messed up. I thought you could only have one. Oh, I, I think back to that a lot and just how embarrassing it is. Wait, like, I'm not sure. What part of it was embarrassing? I think I was tuned out. I wrote a book report on Queen Elizabeth uh -huh. in Black History Month. When it was supposed to be about someone um, of Af African American, okay. that is a civil rights that is a highness moment right there. This is great because I was listening to the story, but I was also trying to figure out which dice was which, and so I just didn't make the connection of like what went wrong. You're like, so what's wrong with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, of course. So, Will, what conditions did you get? Um, I have the man condition. Okay. And, uh, hold on, I got the sheet. Yeah, I do not have the condition condition. I don't have the clone condition. Uh, and I do not have the Kojima condition. Okay, so this section says sometimes a character will have a plot-based condition that affects their name. You, too, might have a condition that affects your name. Conditions can stack, so please make 
note of how many your name has. So these, I believe, are the man one looks like that would go at the end of your name. So I guess yeah. your name has to end with man. I didn't get any of these conditions, so I'm just going to move on to the next section. Caleb, what conditions did you end up with or not? So the first one, I do not have the man condition. I rolled an eight for the second one, and uh -huh. it says you are how you currently are. Please add your answer from section two, number 11. So okay. what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go to section two, number 11, see what that is. What condition is your body currently in? Uh, I'm just going to put good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Question. Okay. Um, okay, so next I have to figure out um, the clone condition. So I have to roll that 12 die. Um, I rolled an 11. I don't have it. Okay, and the Kojima condition. Roll a D100. Okay, so oh, man. section five is determining your name category. Kojima names fall into a finite number of categories. This section will determine the category in which your name belongs. Note, if you have a name plus six alternate names, you will do this section once to find your true name, and then you will have an alternate name in every other category. Wow. So I've so the, the names are, you roll a d20. If you roll a one, you have a normal name. If you roll a two through six, you have an op occupational name. If you roll a seven through ten, you have a horny name. And each of these redirects to a different section, by the way. If you roll an 11 through 13, you have a the name. Uh, 14 through 17 is a cool name. 18 through 19 is a violent name. And 20 is a name that lacks subtext. So I rolled a nine, which means I have a horny name. So I'm going to go to section eight. Will, what what did you roll? I got an, I got uh, the occupational name one. Oh, okay. Which is not going to be very good for me right now. Did you guys skip the skip the Kojima condition? <laughs> I skeet the Kojima. No, skeet uh, the Ko no, I, I rolled for it. I, I just I didn't did get the, a sixty-nine. I roll so. for it. You need to roll two just... tens. Oh, and one is gotcha. the ones, and we're sorry. One is the tens, and one is the ones. Okay, so let me do that one more time. And so I'm being um, so... asked, uh, what was my first pet specific species and breed? So I believe the answer to this is a lab mix. Because we never determined what this dog was mixed with, so we just called him a lab mix. I have my name. What? Oh, you have uh, your name. I, okay. Yeah, I, I, I will wait until we all have our names, and then we can okay. do the big reveal of the next cast of the uh, next of the Kojima game. Oh, of the next Kojima game, yeah. Yeah. So I'm rolling a four to determine how my horny name works. So, okay, four <laughs> is my section two, number 12, and this, this is... Uh, Favorite state of matter. Okay, I'm gonna have to mull that one over. Will you? Will you've got to tell us what you answered in the in the questions though before you reveal your name. Oh yeah, I'll 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 answer. I'll tell you that. Oh, you're you're gonna wait. Name. You're gonna hold off till the end. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm gonna wait till we're all done with once we all have our names ready. Okay. I have a horny name too. Oh great. And we got two horny boys. Any conditions you accrued? So really I didn't excited. have any conditions. Um. So that means Caleb, you have to. You're gonna have to tell us what your section two number three is. Section two, number three. Let me check. Okay, so section two, number three's question is, what's what was your first pet's specific species or breed? If you have never had a pet, please answer with an animal you wish you owned. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't remember the first pet specific species. Um, I think I had a cat. <laughs> That's no. A good sentence. 
I don't remember. I think I had a cat. I think, I think I had something really weird. Like, I'm pretty sure I had like a lizard for before a dog. Like, <laughs> it's really weird. Honestly, I'm just going to put lizard because that sounds funny. Okay, lizard. <laughs> but there's different okay. types of lizards. Well, I don't fucking what can kind you of can you describe the lizard to me? Uh, scaly. Tongue. Was this? I mean, there's only like a certain amount of li- like certain types of lizards people keep, right? Like there's there's like bearded yeah. dragons, there's chameleons, there's iguanas. Someone um, help me no, out no, here. It was what just like a little fucking um a tree gecko. What I don't know what it was. A snake. Should I- <laughs> Wait, are you thinking of reptiles? Oh, I think I'm thinking of reptiles. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> That's okay. Let's. So I'm just gonna keep it lizard. Um, so I have a horny name. What do I have to? So under horny name, you have to. You need to figure out what um your first pet's uh specific breed was. Uh huh. Then you roll a d4. To get the next, to get the the part of your first name. The part of my first name. Okay, I rolled a three. So okay. What do I... So now you need to go to section two, number six. No. Section two, number six. What, what is, is something... something you are good at? And it has to be oh, a verb no. ending in ing. Um. <sighs> oh, fingering. There we go. Because I, I play guitar, you know? Wouldn't that be good for the horny name, right? <laughs> okay, I thought this was going somewhere else, but... <laughs> I, I was just like, how do I like say, like, I play, like, music, but with an ING musicking? <laughs> <laughs> that was where my brain first went, actually, which is really funny. <laughs> I'm, so I imagine you have your name now. Uh, so let's see. I rolled a three. So section two. If you feel like it, your middle name can be lickable. I won't stop you. And add any conditions you occurred in section four. Yeah. What That's conditions your... did you pick up in section four? Um. So I did one thing. Oh yeah. Um. What conditions? So, uh, I don't have the first condition, and I also um. Do you have the, the condition condition? condition. Do not have that condition. Did you get the clone condition? Um. Oh, I don't think I rolled that. No, I didn't. I got. I rolled an eleven. Okay. And you, okay. you didn't get the Kojima condition. I assume you had no. a one in one hundred chance. Okay. So, Will, would you like to? Since you finished first, would you like to bring us up to speed on what your Kojima name is? Oh, what my Kojima name is. Or if you want to, you should probably walk us through it then, I guess. Okay, I didn't, I, the call cut out, I didn't know what you were, okay. Um, I do, I have the man condition. Okay. I do not have the condition condition. I don't have the clone condition. I am not Hideo Kojima. Okay. I have an occupational name. Uh, so, you know, putting, putting all that together, I get <clears throat> jogging unemployed man. <laughs> That's my name. This is good. All right, Travis, you go next. All right, so I had a I had a horny name, and I had to I my last name was going to be the the breed specific breed of my pet. Uh, 
my second my first name had to be my favorite state of matter and then i had no conditions so my name ended up being void lab mix (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 good all right caleb fill us in on your kojima name okay so um let's see so what do i do with the conditions again like how do i your section eight will tell you it says add any conditions you create in section four so Section four shows you, for instance, if you, you said you had the clone condition. No, no I you don't. Had, you had no, you had the man condition. Mm-hmm. So your name just ends in man. <laughs> okay. So I think I have it. So, um, I don't, I am not Hideo Hojima. Okay. Um, basically I am a fingering lickable lizard man. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one's my favorite. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Kojima, give us a call. We are we were willing to work with you. How I'm like, wait. How how close to real Kojima names do these sound? Uh I think pretty, he, pretty realistic. Both of you had very close ones. I think mine was I don't think mine sounded very much like a Kojima one. Okay. <laughs> well there's Die Hardman. Uh what is it? Decoy Octopus. What what are some like uh, Kojima names you could think of off the top of your head, Will. <sighs> you got fragile. You got. Oh yeah. What was what was the woman <laughs> in Metal Gear Solid Five? Oh, quiet. Quiet. <laughs> Good job, Kojima. <laughs> Hot cold man. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> what else is there? Um, well, you've got classics you- like Solid Snake, Liquid, <laughs> Solidus Snake. Not even gas. Which is venom not, yeah. snake. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. punished venom snake. Yeah, punished venom snake. What else do you have? Big boss. No boss. That's not, no, it's the boss. Yeah, the boss. You've got boss, and you've got naked snake. Hmm. This is all great. I think we should take a break. We can we can think this over. <laughs> the fear. The end. I don't know how good of podcast material finding your Kojima name was, but. Yeah, it's something to work with. Hell yeah. yeah. When we come back, we'll do our thoughts and prayers, and then we'll wrap up this podcast. I love to pray. Hell yeah. (laughs) And we're back, and we're going to do our thoughts and prayers to wrap up this podcast. Uh, Thoughts and prayers is our off-topic section, just as a reminder. Uh, Caleb, what thoughts and prayers do you have for us this week? Oh, I just kind of wanted to just like elaborate on, you know, the things I've kind of done when I've been gone. Once Tell us what things you've done. Um, so I resolved world peace. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Obviously that didn't work. Um, so basically what happened was I've been, I'm a computer science major and I've been doing just a shit ton of school. It's been super stressful, but I mean, it's good experience and I've been learning a lot. So one one cool thing that I did when I was uh, out doing my studies was... Uh, <laughs> Are you out trekking through the woods? Yeah, I'm looking for knowledge. Um, I, I did this, I attended this event called Hackathon, which took place at the University of Washington, and they called it Dub Hacks there. So what we have to do is we go there at a certain time, and we're basically in a room full of like a thousand people it's a free event and there's like a bunch of super high up executives at 
various companies, including the likeness of like Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Lyft, Bloomberg, all these people. And they're meant to like help you out. And what you do is you create a program in the span of 24 hours. Um, that could be a program that does anything, but it's always recommended that it's more along the lines of like um, learning or education or just like something that would be beneficial to society. Um, what my program was, was a locator for gender neutral bathrooms. Um, we used Google. I don't want to sound like a tech nerd, so I'm going to use it in like normal terms. Okay. We implemented Google Maps into a program that we created and got it to half work in 24 hours. See, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't know what you were going to say, but... I was going to say we we implemented Google's API and used Python and JavaScript into... uh, So... um, That still makes sense to me, actually. Well, I mean, you know what those are, but I'm just saying like as a casual... Thing. I don't consider myself programming is. extremely like tech literate. Yeah, uh, that's fair. So. Well, regardless, it was a really cool experience. You know, we got to, I literally had a Google executive just like help me out with programming something and a group of four people. I th- <laughs> the horrible thing about it though was the 24 hour thing. Like you, there was a room where you had to go into if you wanted to sleep. Or like take a quiet nap and it's just full of random people and mattresses and it was just like really weird because like I was so tired and I went in there and there's just like random people around me just sleeping like next to me like and there was it was just weird though because there's like mattresses everywhere and like it was pitch black dark and there's people like snoring and I was like what the fuck oh it sounds kind of like an apocalypse yeah, it, it felt like I was in, like, The Walking Dead or some shit. <laughs> like, you know, everyone just, like, in a room and just sleeping. But, like, it was it was really cool. The campus was really cool. And there's just free food. Shitty food. Like, not t- terrible tasting, but, like, for you. Mm-hmm. I, I asked in advance, I was like, is it going to be, like, fruits and veggies, maybe? And they're like, nah, probably <laughs> not. So they gave us... At Dubhacks, unlimited free coffee, but it was instant coffee. So the kind of coffee you put into hot water and it instantly gets created. It is the worst coffee I've ever had in my entire life. And I will throw up if I ever even have to smell or taste that because it's like thick, but it's like black coffee. It doesn't (laughs) taste good. Like, I like how black coffee tastes. This is horrible. And there was just unlimited amounts of it. And they also gave us like unlimited amounts of monsters and rock stars. And it was just like, oh my God. But I think the best part about it was they had a smash tournament. And if you won at this tournament, you want to brand, you want to switch, which I don't really think makes sense to make a switch a prize for a game that's on the switch. That would be like (laughs) if you had like, I don't know if it was like a competition for a game that on a console you have to have in order to practice on, then you just win another one. I'm just like, whatever, but, um, you can can give it to your friends and you can, yeah, that's, I was like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Smash as well. (laughs) But like, I just thought it was really weird. Anyways, like it was the worst tournament I've ever been to in my life. Um, there was like three seconds of delay 
like display lag. Oh, <laughs> this fighting game. That's like the opposite. And we all had to use like Smash Yeah, and I I won the first round, and there there was like a lot of people behind me. I was playing as Captain Falcon, and I fucking I landed a cat a Falcon punch on this guy as the last stock, and I was behind by two stocks, and I won. And everyone started clapping, even the frit. Uh, no, it was really cool. The next round, when we progressed to the ladder, I lost because I like basically fell asleep. <laughs> like I, I literally could not focus at all. Like I was like, "Oh, we're doing four like a free for all." Oh, oh, and I just started like falling over, and I died. Like I just killed myself like three times because I couldn't focus at all. So, uh, in the end, it was a really cool experience. Um, I learned a language. The computer language in one night. Oh, that's cool. And that was not fun to do, but you know. Okay, maybe it's um, cool. And then when we presented our programs, we got to see all the other fancy programs that other people created. Like this kid literally, um, what did he do? He created not only a program, but hardware for like someone with that's like blind, for example. It's like a seeing eye dog but without the dog. So you like strap it to your chest or something and it works throughout through an application that helps you like hear things like it's like a camera on the front and it senses things and objects and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, holy shit. Like, I don't even know how you can make that. Like we just made something that didn't even work and you just made like this. And it was just like, it was insane. Um, I think probably my favorite part was we had access to the Microsoft HoloLens 2, which is not even like accessible to the market yet. And that was really cool to be able to use and or uh, see people use because I didn't get to use it. But um, yeah, that's the hackathon. Um, I'm going to another one in March. And now that I have experience with it, now I'm going to actually try to win something this time because this is my first one. It was a really cool experience, though. And um it's really for anybody though, like even if you're not even a programmer, because the biggest thing that runs into a wall for a lot of people is like everyone in a group can know how to program, but no one's like creatively inclined. So that's where you need like one person who's not a programmer to help like with like conducting what the application does mm-hmm. and what it's specifically about, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But yeah. Was this, a, was this a group sort of effort? You can do it by yourself, or you could do it in a group of four. Okay. So, like, you could Which have two people, do? three people, four people. I did it in a group of three, and then another person joined in on us at the end. Okay. So, we ended in four people. Cool. Some people literally just go there just to just get free stuff and be there. That makes <laughs> like sense. They don't, you, don't, you don't even have to be a part of it. You could just go there and just get a shit ton of free stuff and then yeah that sounds fun it, it was a cool experience and like if you guys ever have the opportunity you guys should totally go check it out but i mean it's free food galore like i said but i hate instant coffee so yeah i'm just gonna say that don't drink instant coffee ever ever don't do it if you think about drinking instant coffee i'll what is oh, no. instant coffee? Is that like you put it on a thing and then it heats it up? Think about hot cocoa. Yeah. That's how it's made. 
So you take it out you, of a little pouch and you heat it up in the microwave? You can do that. Or you could like put um like a scoop of it into a cup and then put hot water into it and it's ready. It's awful. And I just like okay. I can't stand thinking about it. And now yeah, I'm thinking about bad. it and it's making me sad. And you, <laughs> what did you want to tell us about Jedi Fallen Order? Oh, um, I just wanted to like I don't know, just bring it up again because okay. it comes out in like two days and yeah. like how my opinion has like swayed the more close the closer it is to release and like I at first initially I had the whole like uh EA game bad, you know, type mentality. And then oh, I was yes. like a gamer moment. It, yeah, I had a gamer moment, guys. I'm sorry. It wasn't an epic gamer moment, so that was the unfortunate part. But you know, as time started daunting on me. What? That's not I what? emphasize Hang on. daunting. No. Daunting. No. That's not how you use that. <laughs> no. I know. I just I just wanted to say daunting in this like I, I heard it today and I just like I know how it's used. You were Wait, so excited to use it, you were prepared to use I it incorrectly. Use it. But now I don't know what you were getting at. <laughs> okay, so um as time progressed since the I don't know, the release of it of the like first trailer or something and I was like, ah, yeah. I've I've been watching a lot more trailers and stuff, and I'm excited to play what could basically just be a Star Wars Dark Souls game. And a lot of people that have had to or had that, not a lot of people, but like people that have played it already are saying good things about it. I've seen a couple things saying like, oh, it's got like really cool dungeons and stuff like that. And I was like, dungeons? I thought this was gonna be like an Uncharted Star Wars type game, but. I, I looked more into the gameplay and stuff of it, and I really hope it's good, because it looks good now, and I'm very optimistic about it, because I always forget that Respawn created Titanfall 2, which is arguably one of the most underrated shooters of all time. It's one of my favorite shooters of all time, and has one of my favorite first-person shooter storylines, um, so that created a little a lot more optimism for me about the game i just wanted to bring up because it comes out in two days so um yeah Titanfall maybe the next great. time i'm on the hit point pals like which is hopefully next week or the next hit point pals um i could say my impressions on it after this one so yeah will did you ever get a chance to play titanfall to you yeah well no Damn, you need to play Titanfall Even, too. I, I, I know. I, I'd probably like it, but I just, I've got other things I'm playing and no. just so many games. <laughs> nope, sorry, it falls to the wayside. <laughs> it's pretty short. Uh, it's a pretty short campaign, but it's yeah. really good. I think you can pick it up on like Origin for like five bucks, actually. Well, uh, someday I shall. Here's what yeah. I brought for thoughts and prayers. Um, you can. I watched the first episode of The Mandalorian. Which is the mm. new live-action uh, Star Wars series on the uh, ex exclusive to the uh, corporate the mouse channel. streaming service Disney Plus? Um, I just based on the first episode, I loved it. Oh uh, no! One of the what? Why did you say oh no? <laughs> I don't want to get it. You, I loved it. Um, Star Wars, all of the movies are on it. All 4K. HDR and I'm like they are no. in 4K and they are in HDR. I thought that was very interesting because those movies have never been released in 4K. But apparently everyone's making a big deal about the Greedo scene or whatever. The Greedo scene. Okay, I was gonna save this for our oh. our Star Wars rewatch, but we need Sorry. to discuss this now that you've brought it up. Oh um, 
Greedo now says McClunky. <laughs> I sent I sent this video to Will. I sent it to Rebecca and Cam. Caleb, yeah. did you get did you get to see this? I haven't seen it. No. So what did they do exactly? I don't know. Uh, supposedly George Lucas made this edit a while back before the rights were transferred to Disney, and then somehow it just made it into this new like Disney Plus release. I I suspect that on some level this was a decision made to get people talking about uh, A New Hope again to bring attention to the fact that the Star Wars movies are on Disney+. Plus. I suspect that this was some sort of like marketing Trojan horse that just worked really well. Mm -hmm. That aside, I think it's really funny the controversy that has like stuck with Han or Greedo shoots first over the years. And I think that it's an absolutely hilarious decision to edit the scene once more because just like why not just who cares anymore just just make Greedo say McClunky I don't care it's fine but the Mandalorian I thought was really cool uh there are there, there are elements of the sequel movies that I have some by the sequel movies, I guess I mean like Force Awakens, Last Jedi. There, mm -hmm. a, a complaint, I guess, that I have always had about those movies is that they don't have enough callbacks to like little things that Star Wars fans love, like, like, like established uh, alien species, for instance, um, uh, like planets that we're familiar with, uh, things like that. In the Mandalorian, you're immediately bombarded with imagery you're very familiar with. Uh, you, you see some, some Mon Calamari dudes, you see Rodians, you see like all of the classic Star Wars characters, which is, is weird that like the sequel movies don't do this, but I loved seeing these things come back in the Mandalorian. There are elements of like the original trilogy that you see come back. There's a, there's a little like robot thing that's in Return of the Jedi that shows up again in the Mandalorian. So I, I really like that approach that they're doing here, um, by sort of like tying it to a lot of the established like uh, extra mythos of star wars and like a lot of the imagery that we're very familiar with but aside from that i just really like the uh the framing of this as a like a lone gunslinger western adventure in space which isn't new it's been done before but in this case i think it's just a a sort of perfection of that genre um there's a lot of stuff that just feels like it's just really working really well uh i think one thing i'm worried about is that i've watched a lot of tv pilots uh and then and really liked them and gone on to the second episode or third episode and realized that like all of the budget was spent on the pilot and a lot of the brain power was spent on the pilot uh mm -hmm. i think that's more of a problem with like network tv especially and cable tv to an extent i would imagine with the tight control that Disney has over their properties and over Star Wars that this series is going to get a lot of uh, like care and attention and that's what I would hope I don't know how I think there's like eight episodes or something that it's scheduled to run so I guess I'll probably be paying the corporate mouse for at least a couple of months but um so far I really like what I've seen and there just I guess what I'll end with is there's a really great soundtrack to this show that is it, I think it does what people should do when they're making Star Wars movies these days which is completely ignore the way Star Wars music has been made before and just goes for like this all out 
weird sci-fi western vibe that i really love there's an instrument that evokes like the good the bad and the ugly or something but it's like really weird and digital and warbly and it's like oh man i really love this sort of stuff so i hope the show continues to be to be good i will continue watching it that makes me want to watch it so god damn it i might have to i don't know i'm not trying to sell corporate mouse stuff these are just my impressions of yeah but that no it's just like you're not selling it, but you're condoning a good I'm show. I'm condoning right? a good show. <laughs> hmm, maybe I'll have other ways that I won't say. Everyone should pirate. What's that? I don't even know what you're talking about. Everyone should steal content from mega corporations. Will, what are your thoughts and prayers this week? Hell yeah, my thoughts and prayers are for Red Dead Online. Yes. Yes, uh, Travis and I had, had had pre-ordered Red Dead Redemption 2 and have been playing a little bit of the campaigns, but a lot of our time has been spent playing Red Dead Online and just kind of uh, roaming around the West, doing some missions, shooting some animals, skinning some critters. I've, I've barely played the campaign. I, I did, I a while back on the podcast I talked about how I was trying to get through red dead one i did finally do that just as a quick update uh i loved it it was great (laughs) and uh red dead online has been has been has been a hoot it's been fun to you know run around do missions get better gear and clothing ride horses and into other horses and go flying it's it's great (laughs) i've literally never played red dead online then i got red dead when it came out in november i think it's fun. But, I got shot in the head yesterday for absolutely no reason. Yeah, there was there was. That's a, the first a time mean, that's happened. But. A mean bandit uh, attacked us. <laughs> My we, favorite thing was like seeing all the videos coming out of like Red Dead Online when it first came out. Like I saw, I saw these two guys like just like beating the shit of each other, and some other guy like comes in and tries to rope them. So they start being the shit of him, tie him up, and throw him in a river. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many fucking videos just like that. Like, oh man, it was so funny. What are the, uh, Uh, what what are your favorite elements of Red Dead Online, Will? It's very peaceful overall. Yeah, I also like a weird way. Like, there's moments of like intense fighting and like getting attacked by other players, but there's a like, the the worlds don't feel super jam-packed with other players so i can kind of like ride through the woods or through some fields and go hunting and i don't know i can kind of do whatever i want and it's there's always an option for it hmm. i like the the choice i've got it's it's nice it's very very relaxing when i'm done with all my current games that i'm playing i'm probably going to end up picking up red dead on on pc as well hell yeah you so. can join our posse we just established oh, yeah. a permanent posse yeah it's just i'm going to get so many memories from playing red dead 1 online and what was Red Dead One Online like? Um, I, I, it was I would nowhere be curious near to like see GTA. what that was like in in the height of its it, existence. It was nowhere near like GTA Five. It was more focused on like um, competitive game modes, and you st- it still had a hub world and everything too. And you can like upgrade your character, get a new horse, you could get a zebra if you, and stuff like weird stuff for like higher level characters and stuff. Um, or you could just go into a normal world and just like kill other players just randomly. So it was a lot less like like nowhere near what GTA Five is, but like it was its own thing, and it was really fun. That and then there's the undead nightmare mode where you just like fight off like hordes of zombies. 
Oh, it had an online undead mode. Yeah. Huh. It was really cool. cool. It was it was really cool. I I enjoyed online a lot in that game. I saw Rockstar tweet out, uh, I guess, an apology about the PC launch issues, Mm -hmm. which were just kind of buggy technical issues. Uh. They, at the end of this, they've written, As a show of gratitude to our PC fans, while we sort this out in the coming days, everyone who plays Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC this week and through to the holiday season will receive a complimentary care package for Red Dead Online that includes the Predo Poncho and an assortment of provisions and ammo. Look for more details on the care package to come. Huh. Interesting. Is it going to come in like on a helicopter or something? I don't know. I just can't help but think of the Fallout 76 response to the bag complaint where they were like, <laughs> here's some in-game currency or something. Here's no, no, not just in-game currency. Five dollars worth of in-game currency. Oh, OK. Which you can't even spend because everything's like 20. Nah, that would I would be so fucking mad. This is great. <laughs> I'm so pissed Oh no, you got me thinking about Fallout 76 again. Damn. Well, yeah, uh, I don't know. Fallout 76 is just like I I just think of it as a fun anomaly. Like I'm never going to pay. I'm never going to put money down on that ever, but like it's kind of like Eve Online. I don't understand it. I don't really know why it exists, but I love reading about it and I love hearing the story. Yeah. Except it's in a different frame, right? Cuz Eve Online stories are like epic and cool. And entertaining fallout 76 stories are like lovecrafty and horror they're like full of dread uh a, a lot of my favorite of, one a, a oh, lot sorry, of dread ahead. versus like capitalism and stuff like that <laughs> my favorite one was probably the ones that you you've heard as well were the all the premium content players are like labeled so all of the unpremium characters are just like being the shit out of the premium content players yeah and they're all like complaining about it what a time. I love it. I know. It's just insane. I have Fallout 76, but it just came with my mic, though. So I've never played it. Came it came with your mic? Yeah. All right. I have a Blue Yeti mic, and it just came with my mic. Anything for else? For some reason. Any, any final thoughts? Or are we ready to wrap up the podcast? I'm ready. Luigi's Mansion 3. Play Luigi's Mansion just, 3. Just as okay. a reminder. What were our Kojima names again? So we can sign oh, yeah. off. Jogging unemployed men. Jogging unemployed men. Uh, Caleb, you were. Uh, what were you? Oh yeah, I was uh, fingering lickable lizard. Fingering lickable lizard, man. and then I was uh, oh lizard man. Fingering li- for 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 jogging unemployed man. Uh, fingering. I can't say this. I don't know what you said. Fingering liquid fingering lizard. Lickable oh, lickable lizard, lizard man. man. And and myself the uh, uh, myself is uh, void uh, la- void lab mix. <laughs> Um, I don't even sign know where off. I was going with that. I was trying to sign off. We're, this is us signing off. All of us at Hit Point Pals. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.
I'm back, baby. All right, let's all save our files and delete them. Yes. I made the mistake of not deleting them for a while. So they just kind of like added up. Oh, I think like, you oh, should shit. keep them for a couple of weeks and then delete them. Oh, no, no, no. Like the really old ones. Like, yeah, you should, you like, should, you should, uh, you should delete them and then try and export them. Good idea, actually. Yeah, it's next level. My computer just fucking explodes. Probably be more like you get an error message. Yeah. I'm a computer science major and I'm saying shit like that. Come on. Do, do, you, do you think you could figure out how to make a computer explode? Yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard. We just have to use a lot of CPU, high CPU usage, maybe. Oh, man. I think I mean without any, like, without bringing in any external components, because I feel like I could make a computer explode if I brought in things that were explosive and put them in the computer. But I mean, uh, I'm sure just like the, like, the established yeah. software and hardware. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how you'd make a... I, that's interesting. I mean, I don't really... Yeah, I don't know. I Just don't know get a shitty computer and play Destiny 2 on it or something. Like a... I don't know. I, I guess it's in 4K. Yeah. Try to run Crisis in 4K. And it was, I've never played Crisis. It's not that good. <laughs> yeah. But it has like this place in the mythos of my mind where for the longest oh, yeah. time it was always like this is the most graphically intensive game ever created. i mean it, it's it's still even now like now there's better looking games but it came out like 2007 and it had like technologies and techniques in gaming and like just graphics that you weren't seeing anywhere else mm-hmm. on yeah, the home pc good. market and it was just like the benchmark it was i mean it was the game to benchmark makes sense and i think battlefield 4 kind of took that place for a little while but i no, i was i was gonna ask i don't think that since crisis there has been a game that was kind of ubiquitous as this symbol of most graphically intense uh i don't think so no which is really yeah, interesting I, to me <laughs> but what's also interesting though is there's no game that has come out that has been as like like games now there's lots of games now that look a lot better than crisis as far as i'm concerned but we still talk about Crisis as though it's like the Holy Grail. It is. <laughs> that was a fun shooter, though. Like, I like the first part of that game when, when uh, I don't know, the latter section of the game is visually neat, but like gameplay wise doesn't isn't fun. What's the story? Of well, Crisis? I've never beaten any of the Crisis games, but like, so, yeah. The story of Crisis, I can't tell you the story of the series because I have no fuck. Those games get weird. I don't know. I, okay. It's weird. Crisis 1, there's like something is going on in this remote island. North Koreans are involved. You're you're sent in as this like special forces team with these like top secret, highly power, like these crazy suits, these amazing suits. Of, oh, like, so it's a suit game. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and your suit can have different modes like enhanced armor enhanced speed and agility and all these things and like, mode engaged yeah there's like a deep voice that is like stealth mode engaged That's and it's cool. like <laughs> it sounds so good and it's like funny um and Wait, so i'm just gonna send you a clip of it travis okay oh yeah yeah you're kind of just going around on this tropical island uh fighting north koreans 
Wow. And you can like do stuff like pick them up, throw them in new buildings. Oh, and like everything is like destructible. So you can like pick up a barrel, throw a new building. The building collapses on a bunch of North Koreans. And it's like when I say destructible, I don't mean like battlefield destructible where it's like, wow, you you shot a hole in a wall. Yes. I mean, like, oh, shit, you knocked out the supports of this shack. The whole thing is going to realistically collapse and wreck your CPU. Uh, yeah, I've seen people do physics simulations in that game and yeah. do absolutely stuff like, do like blow up a thousand barrels at once or something. In Battlefield, it's not as dynamic, though. In I, I don't, in Battlefield 4, I know you could do shit like that. and You could take down entire buildings and like kill the people that are inside of them. And I remember there was this map in like Shanghai, China, where the entire skyscraper would collapse. But and uh, it would yeah, just like change the map too. Yeah, but, but it I, always changes the map in like a certain way. I mean, yeah. like different parts of the building, like or like a shack, like you knock things out and like it all like real time dynamically collapses. I don't, I don't know. I don't get the feeling the Battlefield games do that from the ones I've played. That's fair though. That's fair. like I know, like in bat in like um, Battlefield three and like even four. Or uh, one, if you know, you you wipe out like the lower floor, the top floor is going to like come down. Mm. But it takes a bit to get. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's like the first part of crisis. Um, and then the latter part of crisis, like you find out the North, where the North Koreans and a research team are there. There's like some alien tech or something. Then like aliens arrive and they're like squid aliens and they kind of fly around and you fight them. And they also have like, a, I don't know, it gets it gets weird and there's not a lot of time to do any cool physics stuff or use your suit in fun ways hmm. speaking of aliens and suits um does anyone know when the master chief collection is coming to pc oh, no, i have no clue i thought it would have been out by now but i'm losing hope <laughs> I, th- I thought it was supposed to come out this year i thought it was supposed to come out last month uh, at least halo reach anyways like I know I'm not a game designer or programmer or anything but like is it that hard to port like a, a it's a not a port. Old game? it's not a port it's a remake so they're completely remaking Halo Reach yeah hmm they're remaking it yeah oh damn they're doing it, it from the ground up it's not a port wow oh never that, mind oh, wow never yeah I, th- I thought it was a port no dang okay wow well, uh, what if it runs on the shitty fucking Halo 5? I hate how that engine looks. <laughs> it looks like super cartoony and like... Uh, but whatever. Halo 5 engine looks cartoony? Yeah, I don't like how it looks oh. at all compared to like the Halo... Um, like it's just like super shiny and like the colors think, are really I vibrant. I think that's got more to do with just like the art direction they took Halo 5 in. Like, yeah, think, I just don't like it. I don't like it compared I, to. I think that's like, yeah, most people didn't like the way Halo Five looked, and like, I, I, I haven't played it, but from just looking at it, it's like, I don't know, this doesn't look like Halo. Why do you send me a picture of Luigi taped to a analog television? <laughs> oh, Mario! <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> like my favorite show is on. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mario. Let's see. Um, Mario. Mario. There's a there's a dedicated button in Luigi's Mansion where you could just shout Mario's name. Mario. Is there? Yeah. 
You just like press it and he's like, Mario! This is Mario? Crazy. Mario! That's <laughs> so funny. Also, you like beat the shit out of the ghosts when you get them. I'm like, holy fuck. I remember playing Crisis 3 also. I'll get Luigi's Mansion if you play through the campaign with me. The thing is, I don't know if you can play oh, the campaign okay. multiplayer. I know it has online multiplayer, but I mean, I just do just get it regardless. Like, I think you'll like it. You play as Gooigi. Also, I, I found Toad in the game and I like sucked him up with my vacuum and you could like shoot him across the room. It's really funny, actually. Wait, there are you, you said you can play as characters who aren't Luigi. No, no, no. Um, you're trying to find you. You play as multiple iterations of Luigi. Oh, you, you were talking about the eight player multiplayer. Yeah. So like four people are regular Luigi. Four people are. Gooigi. Oh, but they're all Luigi. So you yeah. can't be like Toad. Uh, here, no. oh, qu quick thing. So the online multiplayer is like a separate game mode. Right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the campaign is local. But there's no co-op. The, the, there is. It's there is. local. Oh, the co-op is local. Okay. Or the online co-op game mode, which is a separate game. Like, it's a mini game kind of thing. Yeah, which I figured. I you go through no 10 floors of a hotel trying to accomplish various challenges. That's the... Like eight player multiplayer thing. Okay. I Two player co-op and campaign is local. Cool. That makes sense. What is local but, on a switch? Is that just like one person has the joy cons and another has to have like other controllers or something? No, you could use, you could use a uh, pro controller and the two joy cons or you could use one joy con for each. Oh, okay. And, and also, so the second player would just play as Gooigi also. Right. Because, like, you have to use him in single player regardless. But in, like, local... Um, regardless of your choices, you must be Gooigi. The Goo Man must consume. It was really funny because, like, there was a part where, like, it introduced Gooigi. And, like, you, like, slime your way through, like, bars. And this ghost comes out and it's, like, trying to scare you. But it shows, like, a panned, like expressionless goo version of Luigi not being affected by this ghost whatsoever. Oh, Luigi is dead inside? <laughs> yes. Goo, he's, he, like, he's immune to fear? Yeah. That's it was just funny. really funny because like the ghost was like, like trying to scare the shit out of him and he's yeah. like staring there like blank. <laughs> the ghost is like, holy fuck. Just like left. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> that game is that game is like great. I thought it was really weird how Death Stranding had... I'm just kidding. I said that to you. What, had Goo Norman Reedus? <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like... It's really weird how Death Stranding had a Goo version of Reedus in it. I mean... Ah, uh, never mind. <laughs> there is Goo! <laughs> yeah. There's Goo in that game. What was it? Oh yeah, I was gonna play Lego Star Wars all tonight. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> good no. games. They are. Fucking good. And I hope The Last Jedi is good. I don't know what to expect <laughs> of it though. I hope it's so, either really, really good. Are you guys or talking about Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I meant Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, but I can I don't, never remember I don't that name. Yeah. yeah. I always call it the Rise of the Skywalker or Skywalker or something. I can't I can't get it. Yeah. Something about Star Wars, yeah. 
I just don't There's expect something it to about be good. Star Wars from the makers yeah. of this album, Mary. Anyway, um, I hope the movie is either very, very good or very, very bad. Me too. Well, that's how I think of all movies. Like, if it's in between, then it's just boring. Like, it's just like, you know. Well, I don't know about, I mean, like, um, like when I think of like an in between, that's like not boring necessarily. It's like Bridge of Spies by like Spielberg. It's like, I've never seen that. It's like, oh, Spielberg. Oh, wow. I, I bet it'll be a good movie. Uh, okay. Uh, mm, uh. <laughs> I just, I, I just I don't have, like as like, it just like doesn't. Yeah, the, they're, they're, they are wholly inoffensive movies. And it's like, that's uh, any like Oscar bait yeah. movie. And they're all yeah. just like, here's this thing, but it doesn't really go this far here. It's not this. It's not bad. It's, it's that's good. Why I'm like, it's good. I'm like, it's, not, it's just I'm like really picky with my movies, too. So like. If it's not like horribly bad or like unbelievably good, I wouldn't say unbelievably good because I don't have like incredibly high standard standards, but like, you know, just like a good movie. Yeah. Um, and then of it's course, like, uh, oh, yeah, Man, that was boring. And with bad, it's like, you know, I won't just, I don't hope that like, oh, yes, we're going to watch a bad movie because those suck to watch. I hope it's, you know, it's so bad that it's good or at least, you know, yes, exactly. Yeah, because like with the M movies, you forget about them. That was that's what makes it forgettable because it's generic more than likely. Mm-hmm. But with horribly bad movies that are so bad they're good, you don't forget them, and they're funny to watch. Like one hundred percent, I really wanted to see the Sonic movie with the original design. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> like when I first saw that fucking like rat looking disgusting thing i was so excited to go see it in theaters and then like now they made him like look decent so it's probably just gonna be like just bad in general so i'm like oh man maybe i'll see the director's cut (laughs) do you think they're actually gonna like include that maybe on dvd or something like the original Sonic that they had. That I they bet must- there will be some sort of behind the scenes featurette that's just like the process of recreating Sonic or like redesigning Sonic and it'll be really watered down so it doesn't show any of the like grueling hardships that the overburdened underpaid VFX har- artists had to go through. Oh man. I I hope I get to see the They'll they'll make movie. it look like oh yeah, it was a it was a challenge, it was very tough but we overcame it. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. But I mean, it's still like a really like weird phenomenon with this happening. Like, has this ever happened with a movie? No, because no other movie has cared what fans thought. That's true, but like, it's just like weird. Like, I was just like, "What the fuck? How do you like read?" Like, they had branding for this movie. Like, they had merch ready. I want a Sonic t-shirt with the original. <laughs> I want the original. Bring not my Sonic. I want the original Sonic. Yeah. Do, do you think he's being held somewhere? Yeah, they're probably a gun at his head and he's begging for his life. 